0: dynasty wonderland it is your salary captain aaron stewart checking in again it's been a little while since we've done a captain's cabin but i have got a guest with me as always i like to bring on a guest it's not our local uh, injury specialist dustin not this time instead we got a friend of the show chris the edg he is back and we have got a show for you but chris how you doing man
1: Doing good, man. I'm I'm always happy to be back. It's been a while, it's been a long fantasy football season. I haven't had a chance to do any of these shows.
0: Oh man, it has been a long season. We were talking off camera of all the stuff we've been going through, but you know what? The off season hits, and you just well, we're not even in the off season, we're in the postseason, but it just rejuvenates. Everyone And suddenly there's no pressure on waiver wire pickups and being right about games. It's already kind of like looking ahead a little bit, but we're not going to look too, too far ahead. We do have the wonderful NFL playoffs kicking off this weekend, and we know we got to talk about some playoffs at 14 playoff teams. We want to talk about how some of these teams, how the heck they even got here. So, Chris, which, which one of these teams do you want to talk about first?
1: Yeah, no, I I definitely, um, honestly, I I think we have to talk about probably the most hot button team right now in the playoffs and it's the Raiders, man, because Jesus Christ, the Raiders, man, I, I tried to map out playoffs three weeks ago, starting three weeks ago. So I could, you know, really draft better best ball teams on, on underdog with this playoff tournament and the Raiders were not in the equation (laughs) and maybe it was a little too like cocky of myself to, to keep them out, but people have to re remember with this team and they played three weeks in a row of backup quarterbacks thanks to COVID. And certainly they impressed um, Sunday. I was actually at that game. I was in Vegas last week and I was at Allegiant stadium, watched it live. It was incredible. Um, But I don't think it's representative of the season as a whole. And I think the record here is a little disingenuous, but they already have the fire, right? They caught it. How far can it burn is the question. So they're like the number one headache for me. Of are they one and done? Because the weather this weekend. Are they going to win the Super Bowl? Is Derek Carr the greatest quarterback of all time or the worst quarterback of all time? I just I just don't know. Well, that in the AFC too, and I,
0: I had to pull up the standings just to kind of confirm this. It's it may be the most wide open conference because. The Raiders, there are so many questions. How did they get in there? But they're 10 and seven. And the truth is, they're only two games behind the Titans. Like, there wasn't really a team that just dominated. Like a lot of times we're used to AFC teams, there being a 13 and three team back when there were 16 games. There's now 17 games, or even like 14 and two team, like some of those Patriot teams in the past. But no, like each of these teams, you make a case, there were some struggles. It was the Chiefs, a slow start to the season, the Titans dealing with injuries that kind of stalled a little bit in the middle of the season. The Buffalo Bills have been all over the place, sometimes looking like the most dangerous team in the AFC and other times going, are they even going to make the playoffs? So the, I will say the AFC playoff bracket, anyone can win that. I mean, Patriots are dangerous. Of course the Bengals. I think a lot of people are really liking them because it's just fun to watch Joe Burrow and Jamar chase, but the Raiders, Ah, them getting in over the Colts threw me off and the chargers, but man, those, those division games at the end of the season and what the Raiders ended on a four game win streak. That's, that's key is sometimes the, those teams that catch fire at the end of the season, they're dangerous.
1: Well, the Colts were just gosh, darn pitiful. And I, I, three weeks ago week 15, I drafted a lot of them because They just had to win one of those two games the last two weeks, and they were both against easier opponents, and they just didn't get it done. And the Jaguars, man, I mean, just pitiful. But I think Raiders, Bengals, the AFC as a whole, both conferences, it's a really good example of not taking record too seriously and learning how to contextualize it when making these who's going to win a playoff matchup decision. And I know people love to look at record as gospel, but what you really need to look at is the fact that Inherently, a majority of NFL teams any given season are designed to go 500. That's always the old adage. The teams going to go eight and eight. Now, now it's nine and eight or eight and nine. So, the deviation from 500 kind of tells the story of the team, and you have to look at how they got there. So, obviously, you have to be. Fuck- 500 or better to make the playoffs um, with the exception of the Redskins last year. I think they were, I'm sorry, the football team, they were uh, seven and eight, something like that. Um, But like if you're within one or two games of 500, you're not necessarily above average. Things probably just broke your way to a certain degree. And that's typically health or your division. So like, let's look at the Bengals, for example, they're 10 and seven, their division struggled this year. They got to play Baltimore with the backup quarterback one week and cincinnati i believe with at least an injured quarterback i'm sorry and cleveland um pittsburgh took a massive step backwards this year normally with big ben they win at least 10 games they still made the playoffs but they certainly what they were um you know baltimore struggled a bit when even when healthy and cleveland did not live up to expectations so they kind of got a break in terms of division and if you look at the the schedules or all four of those teams pretty much played the same outside of division. And when you're in a division, you have the same matchups, just a different schedule throughout the year. So the Bengals are true and tried an average team where things broke right. And Jamar Chase, they won a lot of games on like Jamar Chase, broken coverage, long touchdowns. So I'm not going to sit here and say like, okay, the Bengals are some electric team that's going to win the Super Bowl because they have this young quarterback and these electric weapons. When realistically, they're a 500 team that had a better year. But that doesn't re- that usually gets stalled by the divisional round when you start to fe- fe- face the actually dominant teams, um, and the Raiders, you know, same thing. What the, the lucky break was all the backup quarterbacks, but they were truly a five hundred team. The Patriots were a five hundred team. They just again division is soft. The Bills under under uh, performed to expectation, and Diet Miami and the Jets are you know bad, um, and then where you really start to see deviation from that and how you can evaluate a team from that is obviously the worst teams, you know, the top five picks next year are terrible. They didn't even win three, four games. You have teams like the Broncos, the Browns, the Ravens, teams that are good teams, but just fail to meet expectation for whatever reason. But you can't, you can't look at a seven and 10 record and say that that team is significantly worse than the Bengals. Um, They're obviously worse, but not significantly, you know? So where I'm looking at for like dominant teams is a team like your one and two seeds where like the Packers, for example, won 13 games. That's far enough enough of a deviation from nine wins. That's a four game difference where I can say, okay, the Packers are an edge better than the Bengals. The Buccaneers are an edge better than the Bengals based on wins where you actually can look at standings. So like, I think in, in the case of the AFC, The Chiefs are still the top dog by far. Um, They're 12 and five, but they deviated down from their expectation due to just a slow start, you know, and I don't think we can disrespect the Titans finish. They're a team I disrespected all year, but looking at them at what they accomplished, they beat they consistently beat teams that are now considered top contenders for the Super Bowl throughout the season. They did it without their best player that I considered once Henry was down, this team would fall apart. They didn't. And they won games that they were supposed to win. The only real time the Titans looked like a just dog shit team was like when they lost to the jets, but I will never count a team's worst game against them the same way. I won't count a team's best game for them. I'll take those two off. So like the Packers week one against the saints. I don't care about it. The Buccaneers, when they play the saints, I don't care about it. You know, the Titans losing to the jets. I just don't care. Um, Cause that's not really, that doesn't really represent the team. Right. So it's the
0: NFL. Is and the NFL are all professional teams? These are all professional. Teams.
1: Exactly. So that's why, like you know, I respect these teams, but I would almost lean more into like the 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 vibe coming out of the Raiders over the statistical performance of the Bengals. You know.
0: Yeah, and I, I think you you brought up some great points too. When you look at the top two seeds, the Titans and the Chiefs, the Chiefs definitely catch my attention. I know it's not a hot take, but that division they went 5 and 1 and the worst team was a Broncos team that was 7 and 10. We talked about there's not much of a difference between 7 and 10 and the Raiders being 10 and 7. So the fact that the bottom team in that division was still what league average and the Chiefs in that division still dominated 5 and 1 and yeah they they played horrible for what the first 8 weeks or so but to bounce back and have such a strong second half of the season it's like the Chiefs are clicking at the right time and the Titans it's like Ugh. without Derek Henry how much damage can they do I, I don't like to overvalue running backs but you almost make the you have to make an exception for like a Henry or a Jonathan Taylor if the Colts were in the playoffs so the Chiefs still seem to be the the safest pick on that one, but then also going, hey, the Raiders, the Raiders who held their own, riding a four-game win streak. What a crazy story that would be. Of, I want to say this the first time in NFL history that a intern head coach has made the playoffs. Obviously, it's a very unique situation going on but with the Raiders. Actually, I take that back. Maybe the the Colts do it when. Bruce Arians to, in, took over, an interim
1: head coach has probably done it. But it's definitely impressive to see, especially with the timing. is usually the interim yeah. head coach is like later in the season. It's just like that was like at least half the season, right? The Gruden thing right. happened a while ago,
0: and the Raiders seem to kind of find their groove, winning their final four games of the season. So like there there was a time where they struggled. They started off fast, then they fell below five hundred. But it seemed that whatever changes the the new the new coach brought in. Team bought in. Team bought in. They did what they needed to do, which was win. I mean, literally every single – they needed a four-game win streak in order to make the playoffs. They lose any of those games, they're out. So
1: The, the Raiders crushed adversity every step of the way. The yeah. big story coming out of the offseason was they can't develop a defense. Well, Carl Nassib proved everyone wrong. Yeah. And then, and then, okay, well, no head coach. There's no way you can still win games. Oh, they they did. Oh, Henry Ruggs is gone. The receiving corps is going to fall apart. In comes Hunter Renfro. No, Darren Waller. No, it's not going to happen. Well, Foster was pretty good. You know, Oh, Derek Carr, no one's ever really liked him. Hey, he's a pretty good quarterback. You know, it's so like every single thing that could go wrong went wrong for this team. What is it like the Pavlov's law or something like every single whatever can go wrong will go wrong. And it did. And they're still 10 and 7. So you really can't discount that. I mean, right. adversity is the name of the game. And they've absolutely crushed
0: and you brought up the great point where, with the Bengals. It was kind of the opposite. It was what on the surface going into the season should have been a difficult challenge. Oh, Baltimore's there. Baltimore's like the gatekeeper of that division. Um, and the Steelers before them and the Browns, hey, I'm raising my hand here. I thought it was a dark horse uh Super Bowl winning team. Everyone Clearly not the case. Yeah, yeah, I mean if... and, and the Ravens, I mean the Ravens fell apart. They lose their final six games of the season thanks to COVID, some injuries, but it was. For the Bengals, it was just more everyone else fell apart in their division and they were the last team standing. And they stayed healthy. They they
1: may Mixon was banged up here and there. Higgins had a couple weeks out, but they stayed healthy enough at key positions that the team was always healthy, which is a big thing in the NFL.
0: Right. And I know one of the things that people will point out against the Raiders is they go, Oh, the Raiders, because point differential that's a fun thing to look at, and they'll go, the Raiders they they were outscored. They had negative 65 point differential, and there was only one other playoff team that was the, the Steelers, too, right, and the Steelers just fell in ass-backwards into the playoffs, but, you know, I don't care so much about the point differential here when you think about how how hot the Raiders got to end the season. Like, a team that wins four games is like clearly very different than the team that has a negative point differential here. And that momentum, that 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 helps. And do, do the Bengals really have a home field advantage? I don't it's, know. It's,
1: yeah, heating up. I mean, it's, 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 it's the heating up. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And the Steelers, I mean, listen, here's a quote from Ben Roethlisberger a couple days ago. I don't know if you saw this. Here's how you know the Steelers did not deserve to be a playoff team, which good on them, good on Tomlin. I'm happier for Tomlin than I am for Ben. So, but um, Ben literally said, he was like, listen, we're probably 20-point dogs going into this game. We're playing easily the best team in the NFL. Not easily, but arguably the best team in the NFL is what, what, what he said. Um, we're not going to win. We're just going to go out there and have fun. That's what Ben said about this weekend. I'm like, okay, can I please get a playoff contender who thinks they can win? Like, that's all I'm asking for is competitive football. Fuck. He was, like, He dude. was already
0: going... I'm like mentally retired already. What do you think? I have to play another game? At least one more game.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think he wants to be. There. It's just like Mason No, he'll play obviously, but um no, I mean it's it's a very interesting thing to watch. And listen, it's uh, to win the playoffs, you either have to be the dominant team or the hottest team. And if you're the hottest team, you can certainly win. Uh, you know, we have to go back quite a way to see a really hot team just win. But, you know, we did have the Eagles in 2017. I believe that was the year 2018, one of those two years, you know, go back in time. And we had the Giants twice in the last 15 years against the Patriots. Um, you know, they did it against the undefeated Patriots the first time. They All they were was hot. Both those years, they were the four seed. Um, you know, they just got hot. But it's, um, I don't know. Um, One thing I will say, though, if we're going to project out the playoff bracket in terms of trying to draft a better best ball team, I'm going to heavily weigh one and two seeds over other seeds for one reason, and that's historical data on it. Um, So I was looking back. I, I looked back to 2011. So the last 10 years, what teams made the Super Bowl? And Going back to 2013, every single team to make the Super Bowl the last eight years was a one seed or a two seed, with the exception of last year. The Buccaneers were the five seed, but arguably they should have been the two seed because they had the wins for it. But the Saints somehow had more wins. Um, And there's also an outlier because it's a Tom Brady the goat. like that's that's an outlier. Right. So and people will say, oh, but what about these? bad teams that have been these not bad teams but these franchises you don't expect that have been in in the Super Bowl like the Niners the Rams the Eagles the Falcons all these teams we've seen in recent years that have gone that aren't the usual suspects well if you look in those seasons they finished as the one seed or the two seed so there's a lot to be said for being good enough to win that many games and there's a lot to be said about that first round bye and the home field advantage so I'm like, you know, right now people are thinking the Titans are fraudulent and it reflects in their ADP on underdog while you're drafting these, um, these teams, you know, um, Henry goes in this late second round, AJ Brown in, in the late third round, and they should really both go closer to the first round. And like the Titans have that buy and the home field advantage. And because playoff structure has made it so the set the two seed no longer gets the buy, it makes them a little weaker, but there's a huge edge to that. Um, By week and that home field. So inherently, I'm just going to peg anyone that's a five, six, or seven seed as much less likely to make the Super Bowl. And now, if you even go back to 2010, um, the, uh, the teams that weren't one or two seeds that made the Super Bowl were the four seed. So I don't even know the last time, besides the Buccaneers last year, the last time that a non division winner made the Super Bowl. I looked back like 16 years and just like couldn't find one. Maybe I missed one after 11 years. I started to get bored Say, doing it. The Giants but come just, to mind. The Giants, I looked at both of their Super Bowl wins. They were the four seed both times. They at least oh. won the, the, the division. And granted, they probably were a fraudulent four seed because that division is always sucked, but they still were the four seed, which means the, they at least the had a The only other one that comes game. to
0: mind then would actually be, coincidentally, pittsburgh steelers who are a seventh seed this year the what the the jerome bettis final um final season i'm pretty i didn't look
1: back that i don't think i look back that far but i mean if you're going back that far that's a different nfl you know so it's not (laughs) even wasn't that team
0: it may have been the steelers team from the early 2010s like 2011 2012
1: i mean like, like i said 2013 it was either 2012 or 2013 when it was um uh uh the 49ers versus the Ravens. The Ravens were the four seed. The Niners were the one seed. Broncos, Panthers, they were both the one seed, um, or at least one and two. You know, so massive edge. So Packers and Titans and Chiefs and Buccaneers get a massive edge in terms of ability to make the Super Bowl this year. And then we can start pooling the rest of the teams into a pool of okay, who do I think has the combination of competent coaching and experienced coaching, quarterback play and And fire that they could potentially make at least a championship run. So, outside of those first four teams, I'm just looking at who can potentially make a championship game and then, you know, potentially they luck into a Super Bowl. But I'm not looking at it as the Rams will definitively win the Super Bowl. So, let me draft Cooper Cup 101. I'm looking at it as the Rams are a pretty good contender to make a championship game. And I'm still going to draft Cooper Cup 101 because if I can get three 25 week performances out of him, and potentially a fourth game that's that's a lot of equity in a player so let's take him 101 you know that's that's you know where or 102 because you can make the argument that Devonte adams deserves to be 101 because should the packers make the super bowl you're at least getting Devonte adams in the super bowl who could potentially be the highest scoring fantasy player in that game which is a massive edge so it's one of those two guys you know the 101 the 102 which the community has fallen on as the consensus one two makes a lot of sense. Um as opposed to you know the three and four pick are then Hill and Kelsey, which also makes a lot of sense. But and I see people taking Hill over Cup because of that four game equity, that Super Bowl run potential for the Chiefs that is definitely greater than the Rams potential for a Super Bowl. I still think there's an argument for Cup before Chiefs or just spice it up then. Get a fair amount of both, you know, but it that's kind of how I'm looking at it in terms of how much equity does this team have to play in at least three games? And, you know, who's going to be the top dogs on those teams?
0: I think you brought up just an, an excellent point to, to, to summarize. It's, hey, people, don't. I get it. It's best ball. You're trying to diversify your team a little bit. Don't get too cute. Those fifth, sixth, seventh seeds. Could it happen? Sure, that's the NFL. Anything could happen, but you're betting against history. You're betting against probability. Like, don't shoot yourself in the foot <laughs> before you've even started, right? Like, let's let's not get too cute. Let's set up a good core first that could potentially even get to the Super Bowl and maximize your amount of points. And, and use the fifth, sixth, seventeenth, uh, seven teams to search for, I guess, value. Like later on in best ball, is that kind of the a takeaway from that
1: exactly and you know try to think of the equity these teams have once you get past those obvious top contenders and like who can actually win because of course there's going to be five six and seven seeded teams that upset two three and four seed teams it would be naive to think that divisional round is going to be one through four one through four on both sides um And I think a lot of these matchups can really go either way. Rams Cardinals is certainly a coin toss, even though I would give an edge to the Rams. Uh, 49ers Cowboys. I mean, 49ers could definitely beat the Cowboys. There's no reason the Cowboys win for sure, um, especially with the history of disappointment in the end. But the Cowboys are certainly the better team. Um, but there's nothing wrong with the 49ers. And then you have like, you know, Eagles, Bucks. It has weather, but Eagles probably aren't going to win. Let's be honest. Um, Steelers probably aren't going to win. But you never know, man. I mean, you never know. Football's crazy. Patriots, Bills, coin flip. I mean, they basically coin flip throughout the season. And then uh, Raiders, Bengals is, you know, I would give the edge to the Bengals for top end talent. And they've been hot the last couple of weeks. Um, I think beating the Chiefs really invigorated them. But you really never know. I I think, um you know, just... When it comes to the wild card round, I don't think there's anything wrong with drafting a player who you think could have a 30 point wild card week, even if their team gets eliminated, because that could be worth more than a team than a guy who plays all four games. So like when you're in round 10 and you can draft A.J. Green or um, Cyril Grayson Jr., you know, maybe the Buccaneers make the Super Bowl and maybe Cyril Grayson goes for four, two, four and eight points in the four weeks and he combines for a total of 18 points if you drafted you know dallas goddard instead and he has a 30.3 touchdown wild card game he's still worth more it's best ball you know it's, it's the total score so i just like it's the volatility yeah or like aj green like these guys that are, are going undrafted that could have big weeks you know hunter henry could fall into the end zone twice you never know
0: he did in week 18 what was it like Four catches, 13 yards, two touchdowns.
1: <laughs> yeah, like Devonta Smith goes undrafted. Um, you know, it's just crazy. Some of these guys that literally don't get picked up. I mean, I I the last draft I did, I even took a shot in the last round on um, I took a shot on Dante Foreman just in case maybe something happens and Henry gets a setback. And now Dante Foreman's your like playoff winning running back, right? Oh,
0: <laughs> Dante Foreman. I mean, good good for him for the season he's had to come back but ooh. oh i, I, I don't like him say, as a
1: player but dude two years ago you know who the best pick would have been in this type of draft it would have been cj anderson <laughs> you know what i'm saying last year it would have been lenny like there's always that guy that backup running back who gets the spotlight for the super bowl winning team that just crushes
0: ooh, those are that's an excellent point to bring up there and especially if it's your last pick like Those are the things you should be thinking about. Is the the best case, the maximum upside? Why not? Right? Like there's people in 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 best ball drafts, right, for for the season that may have taken Cordero Patterson the last pick because you get to round what eighteen? Sure, why not? You make a random case where, and those teams are at least happy they did that. I don't know how well they turned out, but that that definitely paid off and that's what you have to do is you have to start kind of thinking of these scenarios what if Derrick Henry doesn't come back because that Jones fracture is tricky he you know they he could be back he it's typically five six weeks but if he re-injures it it's going to be an even longer uh comeback and would they risk him in terms of future seasons just to pursue a Super Bowl I don't know so yeah, I can see where you come from on Dante Foreman. And I do have to mention the 49ers. Oh, my Cowboys are playing them. I'm terrified. Thanks. Shout out John Early for pointing this out to me. He was asking me if I was concerned about him. And and initially I initially was like, oh, I don't know. I don't I don't really think so. Cowboys got a pretty good team until I started looking at the 49ers of the second half of the uh, second half of the season. 49ers
1: are not a bad football team. They're man. not, not bad. by any stretch. They're a and good team
0: and you have to go back to like week 7 was like the last time they lost a game by more than a score and it's like oh crap <laughs> yeah it's a legit team nice nah, they're going to give the cowboys some fits it is not a not a typical six seed that's for sure
1: yeah i mean listen so with the 49ers um i think I definitely think they could upset the boys in the wild card. I don't think they go further than the divisional round though. Should they even get a win? I think the only concern with the 49ers, they certainly had a Super Bowl run in recent memory and have mostly a similar team. And the coaching staff is certainly competent and experienced to get it done. The big difference I think between now and two years ago is the offense essentially runs the same. The problem is the defense has never been the same since they traded away DeForest Buckner. And I just think without, the stout defense the reason they did it two years ago was on defense mostly mm-hmm. um and the defense just isn't there even with nick bosa and the other members um the loss of deforest buckner has really gotten completely like overlooked by a major media outlets the last couple of years but he's arguably the second best interior edge rusher in the league behind aaron donald and i know aaron donald is unbelievable you know defensive player of the year six years running but deforest buckner is not like it's not a massive cliff from Donald to Buckner and just look at what he's done to the Colts defense. I mean, he's the only nameable player on their defense and they've been solid for two years. He really makes a difference. Um, So I just think Niners could win one. I don't think they'll win two, but I certainly love getting value on Samuel and Kittle because again, in the one or two games they play, those guys could have massive games. Brandon Ayuk goes undrafted. Again, if as your last pick, why not take him as some a guy who could score 24 points in that wild card round even if it's his only performance. Like
0: and we project an upset and then they at least get a second game.
1: If you get two games, here's I've so I've never done this before. I don't even know if underdog has had these contests before. Um, I think everyone's done those like dinky little ESPN playoff things where if your guy plays multiple weeks, he gets bonuses and you pick new guys every week, but this is obviously different playing uh, underdog best ball for playoffs. I think the way you're going to win it is by really crushing wild card round and divisional round where you have more options. Mm -hmm. And then for championship and super bowl, you really just need a quarterback And at least two skill position guys, like if you have at least three players generating points and they do well, you can win, but you need to be like a top scoring team wild card in divisional round. So I don't mind drafting players to just crush those weeks. Debo Samuel is a great example. If they lose and let's say they beat the boys, which means they would go on to play the Packers and they lose to the Packers. But Samuel combines for 55 points in those two weeks, which he can he's going to be massively more valuable than most players drafted in this format. You know, there's only 50 players drafted and of those 50, he could be top 20 in scoring, you know, even in two games. So it's, it's, that's kind of how I'm thinking about it with these four through seven seed players.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Hey, and it makes sense to me, me too. And the 49ers would like the consolidated target share that they have there. We know that the passing game that's really is just those three guys and You look at some of these other teams, what, like, what are you gonna do with Philly? Like, eh, you know, that Jalen Hurts. Well, you did mention Goddard, Goddard's worth like a late throw. And well, you don't Goddard's
1: even, yeah. Goddard and Smith are undrafted, and Jalen Hurts goes very late. So, here's what I've been doing with Philly is and sorry to cut you off, but like, I already have the answer for your question, right? Like, it's I think Hurts, the very good pairing quarterback, so like, you can go Rodgers, Hurts. Knowing that you have Hurts for a twenty-point floor and wild card, and then Rodgers to carry the torch the rest of the playoffs, because you only one quarterback scores you points anyway. And if the Packers win the Super Bowl this year, then you you just needed a wild card fill in for Rodgers, and that's how you would draft that team. And then Smith and Goddard are just tenth round flyers for a high scoring th- like you know week. Now my only problem with um the Eagles, which is that that game projects for like really high wind and bad weather. So I'm just, I'm a little skeptical that maybe the scoring as a whole just isn't worthwhile. And then if they're one and done in a low scoring game, then the players are mostly worthless. So I'm not completely not drafting them, but I'm certainly drafting them much less frequently. They're probably my least frequently drafted team um, behind the Steelers, just because at the very least, the Steelers could have a high scoring affair with the Chiefs. Um, and like the the usual suspects, Harris and Johnson and Claypool, any one of those three could go off for a 30 point week and be worth it for one week, you know.
0: Yeah, makes sense. And taking weather into account as well. my goodness, you know, that, that is something. it's 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 interesting this format of, you know you're trying to project all the way to the Super Bowl, but also how it you don't want to overlook that one wild card game too. So, and yeah, if it's bad weather game, I mean, look at the last time the, the bills and the Patriots, play. was it the last time they played, they had the really nasty weather and the Patriots just ran the ball or they only threw three passes.
1: Yeah. And that's the other issue. So, and that is something that has obviously only come into account with drafts that occurred this week, nothing prior to this week. So Bill's Patriots projects to be an absolute slop fest in terms of snow and rain and wind. It's mm-hmm. going to be ugly. Raiders Bengals apparently is projecting for pretty rough weather and same with Buccaneers Eagles. Now how much weather will actually impact these games? We'll have to see. I think Patriots bills is guaranteed to impact the game, but I'm certainly for wild card week, taking weather into effect. And then for anything after that, you can't predict weather or injuries, but like Niners, Cowboys, Rams, Cardinals and Chiefs Steelers, those games, those players get a bump because there's no weather factor in those games um, where weather is a factor in the other games. So like Patriots players, I'm pretty much just not drafting at all, Um, and they certainly could beat the Bills and play two weeks. Maybe Damian Harris, but like, what are you really going to get out of a Patriots player in this in this format that you can't get out of someone else at the same price point? So I just, I they're a little too expensive than I'd want. I'd want them for free, and they come in like the sixth, seventh round. So I just, it's tough. But that's just how I'm I'm breaking it down, you know.
0: Well, that. That makes perfect sense to, to me uh, on that one. Plus, what what was it? We which one of the NFC teams? It wasn't the NFC, was it AFC? Yeah, it's a, mentioning the Patriots perfect example because uh, Bill Belichick, you know, one week it's Damian Harris, who knows, and next week Ramondre Stevenson. There's not really surefire hits like if I want to take one of these lower seed teams that has the potential for multiple games, give me Give me the, the 49ers that we already discussed. Like, you know who is who is going to have the big weeks. You know, Patriots have shown us year after year. Doesn't matter if it's Brady or if it's Mac Jones, you're not going to be able to predict. Who knows? It could be Nelson Aguilar that has the freaking two touchdown game after doing nothing for most of the season. So, it makes sense to me to, to fade the Patriots because I feel like, from probability standpoint, you're more likely to be disappointed from them than to actually have your team helped by them.
1: No, exactly. So I'm going to give an example um, of how the team building, I think, should go. It, it Basically, you don't want to try to hedge within a team. You want to hedge by drafting multiple teams. But whatever players you're drafting, at least early, certainly your quarterbacks, that's how you're saying this is how playoffs will go. So the the one position you should try to have a lot of exposure, different exposures, quarterback. Um, You know, and you can definitely skew it to be more proportional to the chances of going. So I'm not saying have all 14 viable quarterbacks an equal amount. Certainly draft more Rodgers than Hertz, you know, more Dak than Mac Jones. But you should have at least each quarterback there at least once. And now, whichever quarterbacks you drafted. You're saying that one of those quarterbacks is going to make the playoffs. But now the other thing you have to do is you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot because if the quarterback goes to the playoffs, basically in each draft, you should be running a bracket in your mind in real time. And how does the bracket have to shake out for you to maximize points? And that's how you should draft each team. So I'll just give you an example. That's a very complicated theory. So here's the one of the most recent gauntlets I drafted. I did it yesterday. I... um. I ended up with the 101. So I just took, I'm sorry, I had the 102. I took Cooper Cup. Devontae Adams went first. So off the cuff, this team only does well if the Rams at least make an AFC championship game. So on the backswing, my best value option was Aaron Rodgers. So I took him. Now, that's contradictory to a degree because should the boys and the Buccaneers and the Rams all win week one, the Rams play the Packers, in the divisional round. And should that situation occur, this team is dead in the water because either Cup only plays two games or Rodgers only plays one. But there's a scenario where that doesn't happen. I would say the likely scenario is if the 49ers upset the Cowboys and the Buccaneers win. Now the Rams play the Buccaneers in the divisional round, the Packers play the Niners. So that's how I drafted my team. So this team has no Cowboys on it. Actually, that's not true. Go even further, one step further. My two wide receivers, two of my five wide receivers are Debo Samuel and Amari Cooper. So now I'm expecting in this scenario to get two weeks out of Debo Samuel, but there's no reason Amari Cooper can't have a 30 point wild card week and still give me dividends in that one week. And then the next week I still have Samuel. So my, so I'll, I'll just read you the team I had, or you know what? I'll, I'll read you it in, in, um, so first two picks, first pick was cup. Second pick was Rogers coming around to that third pick. I took AJ Brown because now we're in the other conference. It doesn't matter. And I figure AJ Brown gives me a potential Super Bowl playing high caliber wide receiver who could have big games. And then the the following pick on the swing back was Debo Samuel. Now in the next round, the best value was just Amari Cooper. So I had to bite the bullet and you know do that mental gymnastics to say, hey, he, he could still be worth it for one week. And this way I don't have AJ Brown in that wild card round anyway. So Amari Cooper is my week one, AJ Brown, Amari Cooper gets eliminated. Samuel advances. Now Brown steps in to fill in that role. And I still have cup. And then we, we swing down to, to the next pick was Kyler Murray. Cause I needed just anyone to fill in week one for Rogers and figure Murray could be the highest scoring QB of week one. And even if he gets eliminated one and done by, by the Rams who I'm betting on, I still have Rogers. And now, you know, and now it plays out like that. So I ended up with Sony Michelle. Um, so I like completely passed on running back in this one because I didn't get good value on on earlier ones. So my running backs ended up being Sony Michelle, Najee Harris, and I threw a hail mary on Dante Foreman because I figured Michelle and Harris probably wouldn't go as far. So maybe Foreman could potentially be at least someone playing in the Super Bowl for me. Um, but I have Michelle to hopefully get three weeks out of him and Harris to have a big week one. And my other receiver was MVS, just someone to pair with with Rodgers. But again, the way it plays out is my team doesn't step on its own feet too much in terms of seating. And I put myself in a position where through wildcard and divisional round, I at least have one option to fill every starting role. And then based on how the bracket breaks out, I could potentially have two to four players in the Super Bowl. Now, if we get a packers Titans Super Bowl, I have Rodgers, I have mvs i have dante foreman i have aj brown that's options if it's if it's a rams tennessee super bowl you know i at least have cup and michelle so this team very much heavily leans on tennessee will make the super bowl if they don't make the super bowl this team's dead in the water now i hedge that off by on a different team i just don't draft players on tennessee you know that's just the way to to do it so it's you know like that's but i'm making these like how does the bracket play out to favor my early draft picks and the quarterback that I selected and and which universe does this do the most sense? And then in a different draft, I'll picture a different universe where it shakes out differently. This time I won't touch 49ers players. I'll draft Cowboys and I won't draft Cooper Cup this time. I'll take Devontae Adams, you know, this, this, and that. So that's really how I'm looking at it as how does the bracket not have my team step on its own feet? And to a certain de- degree, you're not going to be able to fully stack your teams. So you're going to have to have one or two or three one and done players on your team. Just try to get guys that in that one or two games are going to absolutely pop off and then have guys to carry the torch through the final games and hopefully score you some points to give you that tiebreaker over other teams that also popped off in those first two rounds. You know?
0: I hate that It works for me. I liked what you mentioned about projecting out the playoff bracket because that's that seems to be the key whereas like you know regular season it was all about stacking in order to kind of maximize you know if you have a receiver that you're drafting early you think he's going to do well match with this qb it makes sense too that in order to maximize your points in the playoffs you i mean it's best ball all already so you're swinging for the fences you know upside 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 you're going to minimize upside if, as you talked about, your best ball team, the the playoff bracket, they they're all stepping on each other's feet, and no one's able to to ascend there. So, that that's the interesting thing for to to consider because, for the audience here, I am not the best ball expert at all. I don't know anything about the playoff best ball format, but I know that. We're going to do a little treat here a little later in the show where we're going to draft a best ball team where hopefully I apply some of those lessons that Chris is giving, not just me, but to the audience as well to make us smarter drafters. So I'm taking my mental notes there, but that, yeah, it's, it's interesting to change the way I'm having a kind of process how to address the draft.
1: Yeah. And I would just say simply put like, Definitely try to avoid wildcard teams that play each other and, and then just look at it through at least the divisional round. To look any further than that is kind of a waste of time because there's no way you can know. But you can try to project the first few rounds and just minimize how much you're tripping over yourself. But to a degree, sometimes you just have to draft a high-scoring player, even if they're contradictory because it could still benefit you, especially if it complements you. So again, I think like even though this team relies on Cooper Cup and Sony Michelle, having Kyler Murray as my complement to Aaron Rodgers doesn't stifle my team. Because if Kyler crushes it, but the Ram, but the Cardinals still lose to the Rams, it doesn't matter. I don't need Kyler the following weeks. I have Rodgers, so it works. But I didn't also put Christian Kirk and Chase Edmonds for the sake of the stack. Because now I'm just burning too many positions, too many roster spots on a team that this universe I need to lose. In a different universe, I can draft more Cardinals. In that universe, I'm not drafting as many Rams, so on and so forth. You know, and then who's going to play each other in the second round also has some degree of importance. Um, you know, but really, I'm just – exactly. Just try not to trip over yourself too much.
0: It's And it's almost a uh, don't overthink some things, too, as you talked about, like, you know, get get the values, too. Don't don't be going, oh, I can't get you. You mentioned Cooper and saying, oh, I can't go Cooper because I got Samuel. And like, those two teams play and all, one of those guys is only going to play one game. Like, you know, the values there take the value. Right. Like, that's kind of another takeaway I'm I'm taking away from it is just don't 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 like, I don't know, Galaxy brainless too much.
1: Well, exactly. My My choice at receiver at that point was Cooper. And, like, the next best player was probably, like, George Kittle. And now I'm sitting here being like, okay, like, okay, maybe I can get two games out of Kittle, but in one game, Cooper can still score more. I don't want many 49 ers because I don't expect them to even go that far. They could still one and done. So, like, yeah, like, I'm going to take the ceiling here. Because, again, that, that one-week breakout, can be more valuable than more valuable than four weeks of play from another guy, right. um, you know. And we've seen players put up multiple players put up multiple po- weeks of plus, of fifty plus points this year. So, you know, who's to say that? And this is playoffs. You got to remember, like, playoffs always play out differently than the season. And the guys who come through and carry your team to a Super Bowl are oftentimes not the guys who did it all year. And like Cooper kind of took a backseat certain weeks to Lamb throughout the season. But this is the playoffs, man. I would trust the year five or whatever Amari Cooper over sophomore CeeDee Lamb if I were Dak to run a route against the Kyle Shanahan scheme zone defense. Like Cooper could 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 go off of 38 points. We don't know. We don't know. But the ceilings there in what could be the highest scoring game of the slate. And now if we're gonna incorporate some DFS strategy, let's say the highest scoring game of the wild card round is Cowboys Cardinals. Well, I I have Cooper, I have, um, I'm sorry, is uh, Cowboys Niners. You know, I I have Debo, and then I ran it back with Cooper. Or like rams Cardinals could be the highest scoring game. I have Michelle and Cup, and I ran it back with Kyler. Granted, that's not going to work all four weeks in playoffs, but you find me someone alive right now who can figure out every matchup of playoffs correctly, and I'll subscribe to them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would like to see their crystal ball. And, And that is, oh, man. This is why we love having you on the show, is because you present things here that that we really need to consider that we're really not thinking about too. Because I, I tell you most of the things I've learned from best ball is just by listening to you describe how to process and how to strategize and attack best ball drafts. And I do believe that probably some of my best teams, if I was to pull them up, is I can point back to I did this because I learned from Chris on how what. What to do, but also more importantly, what not to do in best ball. So, yeah, um,
1: I would say let's let's just put it to the dirt and draft the team, and we'll talk strategy my, while we go.
0: Read my mind. Took my transition. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so sorry, bud. Oh, I'll, that's I'll, all
0: right. Let me have you go ahead. You're going to share your screen here because we're going to draft a best ball draft. Using your account because <laughs> I don't even know yeah. if it's processed the the money yet from like in season has it
1: done? No, it? I have I have exactly twenty five dollars left to play best ball with. So this is actually the last team I'm drafting.
0: Ooh.
1: Um, and and I'm gonna be honest, like, can you see my my uh my screen? I can see your screen. Okay, I'm gonna vary from ADP at certain points because I don't believe in it anymore, and I believe strongly in quarterbacks and running backs early if I can because there's so many options at wide receiver in the last four rounds, as opposed to the other positions and you just get better value. And I'm usually I draft Derrick Henry well before ADP, um, but I've drafted him a ton. So I think in this draft, we're going to do a Henry list draft okay. only because I need more variance. but I will tell you the point at which I would draft Henry, but we're not going to do it uh, because I've just done too, too, too many Henry teams. Cause I really do believe in a Tennessee super bowl. Um, I, they were plus 1200, uh, to start off last week. And I took that immediately, like immediately, it was actually funny. My, um, we're just waiting for it to fill. I was telling my dad, I talked to him a lot about football and I was, I was telling him two weeks ago, like about how I turned, changed my opinion on the Titans. And then he calls me and goes, oh, the lines are out. If you really mean that you should take the bet. I'm like, clearly you didn't look because I took it four hours ago, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's been taken. <laughs>
0: Oh, I love
1: it. Um, love all right. It. So let's see. We have we got um, the second
0: pick. We got the dude, 102.
1: This is the one thing that frustrates me about this about playoff best ball. That's gonna burn me. I've had the first or second pick like 80% of drafts. It's getting out of hand, and I want to draft from somewhere else because here's the thing, I promise you, this guy's gonna take Devonte Adams, and I'm so PO'd because I had the 101 a bunch of drafts and took cup every time, saying, like, oh, when I get the 102, I'll take Adams. Every time I have the 102, the 101 goes Adams, and I end up with Cup again. I'm going to be honest. If he takes Adams, we're going Hill. But again, only because I need variance. I have too much exposure to Cup, and I have too much exposure to Henry. So I'll tell you where I would draft him, but I'm skipping it because to a certain degree, you have to hedge different scenarios.
0: Yeah, because I actually was going to mention that, too, because I was like, oh, man, we've talked plenty about Adams Cup, Adams Cup. But it's I guess, you know, when you go Tyreek Hill, it's then it becomes.
1: See, about the Adams every time, every time. (laughs) Um, So we're going to go Hill. And now the reason the only reason I'm going Hill over Kelsey, again, is for variance. A lot of time I have a lot of Kelsey teams ready. I only have like two with Hill. I have like five with Kelsey. So, again, it's just variance. Um, And this is how you hedge is by different players on different teams. I'm really upset about Adams though, because if you can get Adams at two, you can almost always get Rogers at the back end of the second round. And it's a stack that I haven't gotten since oh, three we weeks ago. we may not
0: get Mahomes. Then. We're definitely that... not
1: getting Mahomes. It's not even going to yeah. happen. No, there's oh, no way. Oh, because the
0: Kelsey person is going yeah, to Yeah, Kelsey person gonna.
1: always takes Mahomes, if not one of these but, guys. But listen, we don't need the stack with Right, right. Because we
0: could do a possible, if we really wanted to stack, we could go a Tyree Kill and then later on in the draft. And I don't know ADPs, but I would think a Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris and have like a skinny stack.
1: If, yeah, if well, we wanted, well, here's to evolving the bracket, right? So, we're not going to get Mahomes, which means I'm not building this team around a Kansas City Super Bowl run. Yeah, you so, say that
0: we're not going to get Mahomes, but
1: Mahomes if we sports. get him, no, see, he <laughs> there <went>. he is to <laughs> so the Kelsey guy. Yeah, so this guy has Kelsey and Mahomes now. See, uh, Mahomes, Kelsey. Yeah, so every time um, we're on the clock, let's see. Uh, we could Josh Allen, honestly, if we're going to go no chiefs, we could go Bill's super bowl, which I haven't done yet. Now I would, I would draft Henry here normally, but I'm going for variance. Mm-hmm. Normally Henry here would make a ton of sense. We're going to go Josh Allen. Cause I just believe in earlier quarterback. Cause um, I really have not know.
0: Bill's chiefs matchup too. That's number two, number three.
1: Yeah. We'll get him at some point, maybe. So this, so now we have to evolve the bracket as, so let's see, we have the playoff picture here. So now we're assuming The Chiefs win at least a game because we drafted Hill and the Bills win a game. So we would need them to then face off in the conference to get maximum Mm -hmm. value, which means we're also betting on these three teams to lose. So I'm pretty much not going to draft any of these three teams with the exception of maybe Hunter Renfro or like one Steeler or one Raider, but I wouldn't put multiple of both. So of those three teams, the five, six, seven of the AFC, our best case scenario on this team is a one, two, three, four scenario.
0: That makes sense,
1: and I would maybe throw a Raider on there in case the Bengals flub. All right, so we're back on the clock, um, dude. Oh, Henry still Henry's there, staring right at us. Oh I man, it. and it just kills it because it breaks <laughs> everything we said. Um, ugh, freak, um, I think we don't really have, have do a it. whole
0: lot of good things, right? Like, I'm oh not, man, I'm not excited about Ceedee Lamb.
1: Uh, no, we're gonna have to draft uh, Eric Henry. This this gives me pain
0: there's variance right because it's
1: there's still variance but it's not because you're getting them
0: later you're getting the, yeah. the value and well again
1: if we end up with the one two three four or i'm sorry the um if we end up with uh the best case scenario would be if the raiders beat the Bengals. actually i misspoke before um because then titans raiders um no i'm sorry it would be one two no where's the scenario where the bills and chiefs don't play each other Oh, I don't think there's a scenario. So, um, so they would... have to play in, in, in the divisional round. So we're only going to get two weeks out of Hill in this case. Um, but we could hope that the Titans go. Um, well, you know what? Here's how we pivot now. Here's how we how we pivot and still get value out of this. We have to now draft Ryan Tannehill later. Because now the hope is that we get a Josh Allen, a Bill's Titans championship game. Okay. And then we get Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry to go to the Super Bowl. And um, we, oh, we we, we those on, two weeks with Tyree Kill. Hopefully, he does well. <laughs> are we on the clock?
0: Yep, we're on the clock. We I'm got twelve attention. seconds.
1: Well, if we're going Titans, we may as well just dive into it and take AJ Brown. <laughs> I mean, he's still there. But
0: I could see it. we're really like t- we're taking the top AFC teams.
1: Yeah, I mean, now we're gonna have to get exposure later on. So, not you don't want to fumble over yourself, but still, we could get two big weeks out of Hill and then hand the torch on to AJ Brown. So then the and question then have...
0: becomes like we would we obviously need some NFC teams and we would be trying to find some of the top players on the top NFC teams that may potentially fall a little bit. Either that or, you know, we'd have to we'd really be galaxy bringing some things but going oh you know we get our value. <laughs> we'd be hoping for I don't know, the, the 49ers to make no, I think rock. in terms of
1: the NFC, it doesn't even really matter. We just have to draft players. I certainly want to try to get A.J. Dillon. Um, I normally like to go two quarterback, two running back, but I'll go three running back if I have to. Um,
0: And I like Dillon. Uh-oh. Who did we get? <laughs> oh, yeah, no we got Devo. Ooh. I don't know if that's <laughs> what the intention was. I mean, I like Devo, but –
1: Oh, I'm. I'm. I, did I just miss that? I was looking back. Um, I honestly, I probably would have drafted Debo. Okay. He, See, he just has such have a high no idea ceiling. About
0: value and everything. Sure.
1: I mean, he just has such a high ceiling. I, I'm not gonna like overthink it. Guys who did really well during the season, like really well, are probably gonna be great. It's the <laughs> middling guys I'm more worried about. I'm not worried we, about. Go ahead.
0: Well, when we think about this, Debo Samuel was a top five fantasy wide receiver in points per game. And we just got him in the fifth round. And we go, yeah, it's not likely. You know, he's a six seed. That's a lot of road games that has to be won in order to keep going. But if the 49ers are going to do that, it has to be by involving their best weapon. Sorry, Kittle, you're not the best weapon. It's Debo.
1: It's Debo by far. So I I I don't mind the Debo pick because again, one or two games out of him could be huge. And, you know, we could also con- consider not drafting Tannehill, getting two weeks out of the Tennessee guys, and maybe Buffalo goes to the Super Bowl, but and throw on some other, like Emmanuel Sanders is free. And we could probably get late round value on Singletary unless he's gone. No, he's already gone. Um, Let's
0: see, how many rounds is this one again?
1: 10. 10 rounds. So we so, got RB value, I don't love here. And Sony Michelle will probably fall. Honestly, I'm fine going with like a, a Christian Kirk. But it looks like he was drafted already. Yeah. Yep. Um, what do we have? We have 20 seconds. We have Knox, Kittle. I, I don't get why these tight ends are so highly valued, and I don't want another 49er. We could go Boyd. But let's see what the running back room is. I guess we kind of have to go, Michelle.
0: Yeah. seems to be good value because you know they're,
1: they're going to I'm going to pivot. We're going to go Damian Harris, even though he's questionable. Because... It, there, If this is a snowy game Sunday with Buffalo and New England, we could still okay. see a lot of Damian Harris, and we can see New England win. So, And we already have Henry, so I just need a wild card running back that could score a lot of points. And there's no reason Damian Harris can't. And again, I'm just going for... This is probably the first time I've drafted him. This is my only Damian Harris, so <laughs> I wanted it's a little been, bit of variance.
0: So do we go Ryan Tannehill here?
1: Probably, just because receiver value isn't really there. Um, let's see, he's starred, so we'll get auto drafting him again. I don't know why tight ends are so valuable. Kittle, I like, but I don't want him and Debo. And like, there's no point in taking Gabe Davis, Van Jefferson this early when Renfro is there later, Dante Johnson is there later. Like, you know, all these guys, Brandon, I use all these guys, Devontae Smith, Emmanuel Sanders, AJ Green, Demarcus Robinson, Dallas Goddard, are all players. Hunter Henry, Chase Claypool, like, these guys just don't get drafted. I don't know why. So um they see, could certainly do NFC
0: well. guys. How many NFC? We got Debo, I don't think we have any, bro. We, have, we Sony have Debo
1: and Debo. Oh, we didn't take Sony, we went Damian Harris. We're going AFC heavy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll get some NFC thrown in there. I you don't necessarily need both conferences.
0: That's that's true, because especially because the guys we've been getting from the AFC are from the top teams. Let's say we're 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 heavy on Titans, Chiefs, and Bills. I mean, more than likely, like it's I mean I'd be surprised if it wasn't one of those three teams. But we're we need to
1: be Bills this. or Titans. So we're we're just hoping to get Nicole
0: um, Hardman sounds disgusting.
1: <laughs> let's see. We're on the clock again. These this, these drafts move so fast. Um you know what? uh we could take Gabe Davis, but what about um how many picks do I have left? Two? Yeah, three, two matches, something like that?
0: Five, four, oh, man. Three. I guess
1: we're going Gabriel Davis. I would have preferred Emmanuel Sanders later for cheaper, but it's fine. Okay. Um, we'll have to pick a last player. Gabe
0: Davis at least has upside because Davis is, he's got a touchdown boomer bust. Um, but,
1: well, Sanders or Beasley could also get hurt again. Um, you never know.
0: Let's see. Do we like, I guess we, do we need another running back? I have no clue on these traps. I am learning no, I'm
1: a sponge. Well, honestly, I, I messed up because I was too busy talking to you. I was really paying attention. <laughs> um, Damian Harris is actually a, a god awful pick because we're relying on the Bills, but now it's not completely dead in the water because again, Harris could ha- could be the whole Patriots offense in week one. Right. Um, we're totally on the clock. Do we have any Cardinals players? No, I'm so, gonna no. go with Van Jefferson. Um, and then we'll take a long shot on someone for our last pick. Let's see, what about um, I don't want to go that deep. Um, we could always be like MPS I'm not taking Zay Jones. <laughs> um, I'll take Dante Johnson for because he's
0: good, he, so you many know targets,
1: him. and against the Chiefs, again, he could be the highest scoring receiver. He
0: should be. He's you know, Rottlisberger is going to throw the ball to him 15 times and he's going to catch 10 passes for 40 yards.
1: <laughs> this is what I wanted the board. That's what I, I have no idea how underdog works on the computer. I've only ever done it on my phone. Um, The um, what's it called? So Harris could still work out though. Cause let's say he puts up 20 fantasy points, but the new England still loses. Now Buffalo advances. We have Josh Allen and Gabe Davis and you know, these other guys are just here for whatever they can do the first two weeks. We're hoping and even like, let's say this is a Bill's Super Bowl team. I don't even mind having so many Titans because there's a lot of value to having players who could be there in the championship game yeah. where there's less options. And I don't think you need you don't need like five players in the Super Bowl to win this format. I don't think so. Right, I because just you're think just you trying to really get three. out the
0: first round. I would, yeah. I would imagine.
1: So. I just think you need two or three. I think you definitely need a quarterback. Um, but I don't think you need both, which is why I I don't mind drafting two quarterbacks in the same conference on the, okay. on the fact of one of them to make it because like, let's say you, you do pick the quarterbacks on both teams. You know, let's we say we get, get a, Woo. we do get Deontay. Let's say we end up with a, like, let's say the Super Bowl is Rams bills and we drafted Stafford and Allen. Well, only one of them scores for us anyway, you know, maybe sure. Having the option at both is nice, but only one can start, so you only need one in the playoffs. Same with running backs. Like, let's look at that team that we yeah. just did.
0: I, read my mind. Um, I was gonna say, I want to pull up this team that is going to win. Is it one million dollars? I don't know. No, I think
1: 200,000 for this. That was 200,000. I think I gotta refresh it. Um, yeah, I spent
0: some of that 200,000 dollars on a mic. No, no, video camera
1: both honestly i'm like my gaming headset i need an actual microphone my interface broke so my audio is awful um let's see so we have allen and Tannehill. so we're hoping that the championship game is tennessee and buffalo which is possible you know so we need patriots to lose here um and then it doesn't matter who they play in the next round because so long as the chiefs win uh, these teams can never play each other divisional round so it doesn't matter so we just need titans and bills to make it to the championship game, and I'd then almost go. Good.
0: I mean, how many? No, nope, never mind. I was going to say uh, maybe the Chiefs lose, but no, because we've got Tyreek kill. We want to get as many Tyreek kill points.
1: Well, um, we're hoping it's Chiefs Bills in the divisional, and then the Bills can pull the upset, yep. right? And then, and even if they don't, the Titans can carry the torch, and then our miscellaneous NFC players are are just whatever. They're just there, you know, Debo Samuel, and we had um, Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson. Mm-hmm. So we have Van Jefferson and Debo. Hopefully they can just score points. You know, if the Rams make it to a championship game, that's three weeks of Van. Uh, we can get one to two weeks out of Debo. We're really hoping Tennessee to make some kind of moves. Um,
0: I like that the team we're looking at, that's not the team we drafted. I was that's like, do we, we get Clay all
1: <laughs> I'll show you that team next if you want. But what we, <laughs> have, we had, We um, had, I thought I drafted Van on this. I'm still looking at the wrong team. That makes sense. I was sense. like,
0: I know we drafted Van.
1: I see how much the wrong link to
0: two grand. <laughs> oh, I like All right.
1: that. Okay. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> two grand. So, Henry and Harris, it was unideal. Um, had I been paying more attention, I would have got Michelle because I'm expecting the Pats to lose. But we really only need Harris for the one week. Um, and then again, I like two running backs because let's say that we do get Bills in the Super Bowl. I still think we can win with just Allen and Davis. I don't, I don't think you need that many players in the Super Bowl to really succeed um and then the receivers are the the receivers So long as you have some type of variance and high scoring potential like this is why I hate middle round receivers though because like I drafted Gabe Davis at 47 when Dante Johnson's at 59 I mean Johnson in one week can score more than Davis in three so it's it's, super weird it's this is what I'm saying like outside of real top end receivers I like pushing running uh running back and quarterback up the board so like Let's look at these other teams that I was looking at. So like I drafted this one the other day, where I just threw a ton of receivers on here. I got Evans, Brown, Kittle, Van, Renfro, and Claypool, and really like the last two are just one week wonders. Uh, here I have Henry and Zeke. So again, like Zeke, I just really need for week one, and I have Dak and Stafford. So you know, we're well, just and even we with get done.
0: Renfro, it's more than a week too because hey, they could. The Raiders could beat the Bengals, and then you're getting two weeks of Renfro, and with Renfro, quite frankly, he's been the Raiders' passing offense all year. Might yeah. look like a janitor.
1: Well, what what happened with this team too was I didn't get the quarterbacks I needed, so I have Dak and Stafford, which I really don't have stacked anywhere, and I don't like love their potential to make the Super Bowl. I like the Rams, but not enough. Um, so. My I shifted my approach to just let me just see how many points I can get the first two rounds. Like, can Claypool have a crazy 30-point week for no reason? Can Ben Jefferson go off? Like, AJ, AJ, AJ like AJ Brown at least be in the Super Bowl with Henry and scoring points. I was hoping to do a Tennessee heavy team, and the guy in this draft, I'll show you the board. I think I can. This one actually really pissed me off because the guy who drafted Tannehill did it like two rounds early for no reason. And like, I had all the Titans players. Why? Why did he draft that? Just frustrating. Um, this oh, team I liked. I went, uh, this was a Green Bay Super Bowl team, so Rodgers and then Murray for week one. Uh, Sony, I again, this so this team I drafted running backs the last three rounds, and this was just the value I got at running back. So I probably won't have one in, in the Super Bowl, but this is a trio of guys that could They're at least all generate two good weeks you know yeah. and with um,
0: the rams too i mean with sony michelle okay i, I see what you're you're saying because like, i don't have I really staff. need them
1: not to <laughs> I, I i just need them to win one or two games and i cop i was at the one i was at the two so i ended up with cop um and then i just did the fifth the the mvs dart throw because if the packers do go i need at least one other packer there you know um and then devo cooper where so this what i like about this team is um wildcard round i only have three receivers that's all i need and then i have cooper samuel and cup which they could be one two and three on on the week and then when we go to divisional round i also still have three receivers a hundred percent because cooper or samuel one of them has to advance and then i have brown and mbs so that's like i planned it out so that okay like i a hundred percent have three receivers through three weeks that could all have huge games and then the cope is that cup it's, it's Rams Packers championship game. And then I've scored so many points those first three weeks between those players, you know, Najee week one, Michelle weeks two and three, that by the Super Bowl, I really only need Rogers. You know, if, if Rogers can score 35 points in the Super Bowl as quarterback and it, a lot of it goes to MVS, then this team has legs, you know, and unfortunately, you're not going to draft every team perfect. These are fast drafts and people do crazy things, oh, you know. <laughs>
0: was doing that I was like I, I think I'm ready to put a plan together and I'm like holy crap I uh I need to practice a little more but I think I get the idea and it looks like what I'm I'm typically seeing like for obvious reasons two QBs and you know I, I do like that it's 10 rounds because you don't have to overthink too many things but it seems that five receivers or tight ends if you want tight end we'll just group them with, with wide receivers Five receivers, at least five receivers. So the, the team bills I
1: go with are two, two, six or two, three, five. I really wouldn't do anything else. Now, some people have done one three seven or one four six, because you can theoretically draft a wild card round quarterback and say, hey, I I have Patrick Mahomes. I don't need another quarterback. Cause if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and I have a quarterback all four weeks, which I don't hate that, I still prefer at least two. Um, also, because I, I have a lot of Tannehill and Rodgers. So I need that second guy for wild card. But so, I would never draft more than three running backs. Um, I think you need receivers. But I just want to show you this team. I think uh, this was a Mitten 1 team I drafted. So I drafted this three weeks ago. And um, this is the only Mitten 1 team I have pretty much that doesn't have a player who's not even in playoffs whatsoever on it, at least one. So I like the way I drafted this team though. So this was I, I my opportunity here was a Bills Super Bowl stack. So I have Allen. I have Diggs and I have Davis and it relies on Bills. So I have no Patriots on this team because back then I projected a Bills Patriots, either wild card or divisional matchup. My running backs, I actually, AJ Dillon is my most exposed player through this whole tournament because he's the guy who goes in round five who could be the RB one throughout the end of this. He can be the highest scoring running back. Yeah. He has stolen that job essentially already And it's just, yeah, he's like, he has the arc set and if Green Bay wins the Super Bowl, there's no reason Dylan can't be the total scoring RB1 for playoffs. And then I just, James Connor for the week one fill-in where at the time he was a lot healthier than he is today, but he still might play. So it's not dead in the water. Um, I took Kyler as just a QB variance, which now was actually a really smart move because Josh Allen might get stifled by weather. So if the Bills get stifled but still win, I have Kyler to give me 30 points in the first round, and then the rest of my players are just high scoring output. AJ Brown is the target hog in Tennessee. There's no healthy receivers in Tampa Bay, so Gronk is gonna get his. You know, even Evans is playing through injury. Kittle has obviously a high floor. He's very volatile dude, but has a high ceiling. I mean, and then AJ Green because why not? You know, AJ Green can certainly come out and score points. So I actually really like this team. I think it. It really it doesn't stumble over itself it plays the bracket through pretty responsibly and there's i pretty much should always have viable players if it's a bills packers super bowl if it's a bills packers super bowl i have allen i have dylan i have Diggs, davis Diggs. and dig so i have four players in, in 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 the super bowl so like why and, wouldn't that work you know
0: and as you mentioned like it's unlike most unlike all other or we should say regular season best ball leagues, where you're like, ah, I, I need to fill a lineup in each and every week. It's not the case. Not the case of this. Um, really, my main observation on this one is like you got to get your teams out of the wild card round at least. <laughs> <You know? laughs> got to make, or I should I should say it better. Like the the core of your team should make it to conference finals. It should be able to at least get to the final two games.
1: Yeah, I I think to win this, if if you start five players, right? So let's say a good performance from pretty much any position is usually 20 to 25 fantasy points. So I would say on on average, you need to come out of the divisional round with 250 total points, 125 per week, which means you need a quarterback that's going to play at least good. And you need running backs and receivers who pop off. So if you can accomplish that through two weeks, you're at least in the running. And it's not going to be a lot of teams that get that done. You know, um, even the teams that a lot of teams that progress that far probably don't have good teams. They just made it because there were no better options. And then um, once you get the championship weekend and the Super Bowl, I don't think you even need a full lineup. I think three or four guys will get it done. And in the Super Bowl, you just need one or two. I really think you just need at least a quarterback. And maybe there's one team out there out of 200,000 drafted that put together the perfect combination and has five studs in 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 the super bowl but it's just not likely and even if that happens like let's also look at the track record of super bowls just because you're in the super bowl doesn't mean you're helping my best ball team like last year's super bowl hale and kelsey didn't do much for you in the super bowl you know even even like godwin i think he got hurt or whatever but like on Tampa, Gronk scored all the touchdowns. It was, you yep. know, it yep, was yep, Gronk. Yep. If even if you had, you know, Antonio Brown, he didn't do anything. So I'm not really overemphasizing like, oh, they'll be in the Super Bowl because not every player on the team is going to score a million points. Now we could get like when the Patriots play the Eagles and we have like an 80 point Super Bowl, sure, but that's not guaranteed this year. We could have a low scoring fair. What about Ram Patriots from three years ago? They scored 13 total points, 13 total or what? 16 total points. Like, you think anyone was helping you in the Super Bowl win this? Like, no, I'm going to focus on the round that I know people are playing in the wild card round and the round I can assume people are playing in the divisional round. And then hope that the guys that do make it in the scenarios that I drafted and just hope that I drafted one of the right scenarios with the right team that goes the distance. And I, I think the quarterback is really the one where they're much more likely to score a lot of points, you know, like like any of the top six guys, if they make it all four rounds or three rounds to Super Bowl, they'll probably score at least 20 points a week. I mean, there's the chance that A.J. Dillon runs in all the touchdowns and Rodgers only scores 13 points championship game, but I'm not going to, like, bet on that, you know.
0: Right. Ooh. Now you've got – I've got the itch. I've got the itch <laughs> that tomorrow I'm probably going to put some money my good old underdog oh. fantasy, not sponsored. This uh, this podcast is not sponsored by underdog, but maybe no, we're not maybe sponsored. We just, we just no. love it. The <laughs> call it is
1: 77% filled. So you should have one more day of drafting. It'll probably fill up by like Saturday morning. So tomorrow's really your last chance.
0: I've I've got some time. Well, I say that I don't, I got multiple meetings. I've got, uh we have got work to do tomorrow, but I know what I'm going to be doing. I've got some some best ball right as I think ah, I'm out of it until next year. The EDG pulls me back in because I want to try some of the stuff. Because if I'm going to get good at best ball, if I'm going to, if I'm going to win that million dollars, I got to get some practice reps in. And I do like that uh, the team we drafted. What what is it? We've uh, we've what was the little slogan I had? Dang it, I just lost it
1: uh something with jefferson no was it no it wasn't
0: jefferson it was something that rhymed with grand because it was like something to 200 grand oh well it it doesn't even matter
1: <laughs> oh it matters it's all i can think about now
0: it's it's eaten away at me but it was a good slogan if you need slogans i'm your guy but <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but i think in terms of kind of wrapping up things do, do you have any kind of final statements on that i mean i'm sitting there going i think i've learned quite a bit i feel smarter we're going to see what happens when i do a draft and five minutes in it's already over and i'm like what the heck just happened
1: No, oh, you pretty much spoke about everything <laughs> i mean key is just to have fun the only i i, I will just leave you with my super bowl prediction oh, and i'm actually i'll give you my Championship game and Super Bowl predictions because I'm bougie, um, and my I'm going basic, basic like Starbucks Frappuccino Ugg's White, girl on it. I'm saying that the Super Bowl will just be the one seeds Packers Titans, um, because I'm just being a loser. But I I very much believe in it. I think we're gonna get Bills Titans AFC Championship that the Titans win, and I think we're going to get Packers Rams NFC Championship that the Packers win. Now should the Chiefs or Buccaneers play either of these teams then I think those teams win but I'm I think we're I think both those teams could get busted early this year and I'm I'm saying that if if the Buccaneers if the Packers don't have to play the Buccaneers I very much strongly think they're making it to the Super Bowl and if the Titans don't have to play the Chiefs I very strongly think they're making it to the Super Bowl so that's my prediction I don't know if you have one
0: on the spot I'll come up with some predictions here so People that have listened to the, the Dynasty Wonderland, not the Fantasy Wonderland, the Dynasty Wonderland, know that uh, I was on Mind of Mansion uh, last month and the Podfather had asked me, is there a team that could potentially ruin a uh, Buccaneers Patriots Super Bowl? And I said, ah, yes. Dallas Cowboys not just because I'm a fan of them because I'm super critical of my favorite NFL team but they do a lot of things right they at that time they were top eight in offense defense and special teams uh that was geez lost the stat there but the the, the key takeaway on that one was they were one of the most they were the only well-rounded team there wasn't a glaring weakness there in in terms of the The three areas of the game. So I'm going to stick with Cowboys representing the NFC. They're going to go through the Packers and have to overcome some demons. It's great path, right? They're going to have to beat the 49ers. Uh, Then they're going to have to avenge the Week One loss against the No. Will they have to beat the Buccaneers? No, they wouldn't have to beat the Buccaneers. Uh, they would. They, would. they yeah. would have to play so the So I will box. say they beat the Buccaneers, who beat them in week one, and then in the NFC Championship game have to overcome the Packers, which the last time the Cowboys made a somewhat decent playoff run was, of course, the Des Bryant. Did he – was it a catch? Was it not a catch? And I would just love to see the Cowboys kind of uh, on their path to the Super Bowl have to overcome some of those teams in the conference that have just broken our hearts. And then in the AFC, I am going to stick with the Patriots because if there's a team, like this is Bill Belichick's first time that he's actually having to play in the wild card. Like it's crazy. First time that he's coaching a wild card game, I think, for
1: for the Patriots. Well, it's, not the, it's not the first time, but it just it hasn't happened often. It happened the, the year um, that – actually, no, I, I might be wrong. They might have still been the two seed that year. I'm pretty sure there was a year that they sucked, not sucked, but weren't as good on the roster and they lost to the Titans in the wild card.
0: Ooh, but I think in this one, I sit there and go, the bills are, the bills can go anywhere on this one because I look at the points differential. They, I think they're the highest in the NFL. It's like plus 194 and they Allen's dangerous in the passing game and they have the best pass defense. It's like they have the, the ingredients to make it to the Super Bowl. They also are super inconsistent and could blow up in the wild card game. And in this prediction, I think Patriots are going to beat them. They're going to, let's see, that would then put them against the Titans. They take care of the Titans. Hey, Mike Vrabel, Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick getting getting the win. And then the AFC Championship game, they they beat the Chiefs. We get a Patriots-Cowboys, and the Cowboys win. Uh, Maybe a little bit of fandom there, but it would be – wouldn't those narratives just be great? And we know at the end of the day, the NFL, I mean, come on, they had the the Raiders-Chargers game for week 18, like Sunday night football, overtime, drama, like, sometimes the narratives just are, are there. It would well, be a great, great story. So... Cowboys hey man, over the Patriots.
1: I given that your predictions are bucking the trend so hard, I'm gonna buck my personal trend. And rather than rant for five minutes on why I think you're wrong, I'm just gonna wish you luck and we'll end it there. Buck the trend. <laughs> I like it. Buck the trend.
0: And hey, the EDG Chris, thank you for stopping by the Captain's Cabin. It was your first time being in the cabin, not Ooh. the Dynasty Wonderland, but For people listening, you can find the show on the Dynasty Wonderland. Make sure to follow our show at DW underscore pod. And Chris, where can they find you on social media?
1: You can find me at value draft picks on Twitter.
0: That's at value draft picks on Twitter. Great follow. You're always going to get good information. It's not cookie cutter stuff. Trust me on that. And if you're not already following me, you can follow me at stew 9 on Twitter. And on that note, this is your salary captain signing out.